0: We're going to continue today, we're going to finish up in the book of Acts as we look to the Spirit of God. We've gone through, we're going through the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation, looking at the working and the purpose of the Holy Spirit. And we see, we've seen Him from the beginning, from the very beginning of time, of being, there was a Holy Spirit. When the world was created, there was a Holy Spirit. When God wanted to, to 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 do something through, to man. He always filled man with the Holy Spirit so things could be accomplished. That there was a necessity that God declares that we need the Holy Spirit working in our lives and through our lives. We need the Word of God, absolutely. The Word of God and the Holy Spirit work wonderfully together. Why? Because it's Father, Son, Holy Spirit Three in one, Amen, Amen. Praise the Lord. This morning, look with me to Acts chapter number. Turn with me to Acts chapter number sixteen, and we want to start at verse number six. Acts chapter sixteen, and we're gonna and we're looking here where Paul and and Timothy uh, were traveling, and it says in Acts chapter sixteen, verse number six, it says, "Now when they." Uh, Paul and Timothy had gone through uh, Phrygia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, to preach, stay there, Lynn, to preach the word in Asia. Paul was a man who, his whole mission, his whole purpose was to preach the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. This was his mission in life. Paul sold out everything. He says, I count everything as dung except for the preaching of the gospel of Christ, living for Christ. Paul's whole purpose was to preach the gospel. But Paul, as we've been looking through the book of Acts, always depended upon the word of God and the Holy Spirit to lead him and to guide him. Paul just didn't pop up, and, and as we've seen through the book of Acts already, Paul never said, guys, I think I got a good idea. You know, I I, I just think I, I came up with something good. Paul always was speaking about being led and guided by the Holy Spirit in his life. And all through the Word of God, we see how God gives his Holy Spirit to empower us, to lead us, to guide us, and to to give us direction for what God's purpose is in our life. And God speaks to us individually through the Holy Spirit, and then he confirms what he says to us through others in the body of Christ in the church. And so here it says that they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit, or they were prevented, or they were... The the Holy Spirit was telling them, no, I don't want you to go to Asia. Now, how many of you know we have plans that we think are good? We can say, I, I think I need to go here, or I need to do this, or I need to do that. And there's nothing wrong with thinking things and planning things through. But the ultimate thing is that if we're in relationship with God, in the Word of God, if we're reading the Word of God, meditating on the Word of God, in relationship with Father, and we're looking to Jesus, the living Word of God, we get His Word in our heart, and we say, Holy Spirit, I need you to make this Word alive in me. I need your direction. I need your counsel. The Holy Spirit, as we read and meditate the Word of God, He directs us. The Bible says He directs our steps. The steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. And so as you enter, as you build and grow your relationship with the Lord, the Lord will guide you and direct you. You don't become robotic. Don't get me wrong, the Holy Spirit doesn't just get you and say, okay, here, boom, 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 and without your will. The Holy Spirit speaks to you, but you have a choice, you have a decision to make, even though He speaks to you. He never controls you as a puppet. He never makes you do what you don't want to do. He speaks to you, He gives you instruction, He'll give you guidance, and then He'll say, this is the way, walk ye in it, and the choice is yours whether you're going to walk in it or not. He's Almighty God. Had He wanted to, He could force you to go in that way. But God gives us counsel, gives us voice, gives us direction. It says, here, walk ye this way. And the choice is yours, the choice is mine. The choice is ours to say, yes, Lord. And so here, Paul and, and, and Timothy, they wanted to go to Asia, but the Holy Spirit says, no. I don't want you to go to Asia. But I'm going to preach the gospel, Lord. I don't want you to go. But God, there's people that can be saved in Asia. I don't want you to go. Don't you think the Lord knows people where they wanted to go needed the gospel? So what was God saying? Why didn't why did God why was God forbidding them to go there? Why was he preventing them? Being directed by the Lord means God is wiser than us. He's smarter than us. Do you think so? God's wisdom is beyond our wisdom. God can see farther down the road than we can. He's Alpha and Omega, first and the last, beginning and the end. We have short-range vision. We can only see so far. Our minds can only comprehend so much. But God is all-knowing and all-seeing. He knows the beginning and the end. So when we look to God's wisdom to guide us, we don't go wrong. Uh, We may be well-intentioned. Paul was not ill-intent here, and he wasn't out for his own glory, but he was just zealous for the Lord. He wanted to preach the gospel. And so we become zealous for the Lord and wanting to preach the gospel, but our zeal should not cloud over the, the counsel and guidance of the Holy Spirit. Our zeal has to be submissive to the Holy Spirit. And if our zeal, which is good, we need to have zeal and want to. We need to have that desire to want to tell someone about the gospel. But that has to be submitted to the Holy Spirit for guidance and for direction. Then God's work in us comes wonderfully, works out wonderfully. So he, he, he forbade them to go in verse number 7. And I want to just uh, just turn with me to uh, Ezekiel chapter 3 for a second. This is not the first time the Holy Spirit that forbade someone to go and, and and preach the gospel somewhere. In Ezekiel, Ezekiel was another man. The word of God is like a fire. Shut up in my bones. And, and so he was a man who always wanted to preach the gospel. Ezekiel chapter 3, starting to look, let's look at... Well, verse number 16. Now it came about at the end of seven days that the word of the Lord came to me, Ezekiel, saying, Son of man, I have appointed you a watchman to the house of Israel, and whenever you hear a word from my mouth, warn them from me. God is telling Ezekiel, Ezekiel, when you hear a word from me, then do it, then speak it. And so he goes, when I say to the wicked, verse 18... You shall surely die, and you do not warn him or speak out to warn the wicked man from his wicked way that he may live. That wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. Yet if you have warned the wicked, and he does not turn from his wickedness or his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity, but you have delivered yourself. And when a righteous man turns away from his righteousness and commits iniquity, and I place an obstacle before him, he shall die. Since you have not warned him, he shall die in his sin, and his righteous deeds which he has done shall not be remembered, but his blood I will require at your hand. However, if you have warned the righteous man that that the righteous should not sin, And he does not sin, he shall surely live, because he took warning, and you have delivered yourself. And the hand of the Lord was on me there, and he said to me, Get up, go out to the plain, and there I will speak to you. So I got up, and I went out to the plain, and beheld, behold, the glory of the Lord was standing there, like the glory which I saw by the river Chebar, and I fell on my face." The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, then entered me and made me stand on my feet. And he spoke with me and said to me, Go, shut yourself up in your house, and as for you, son of man, they will put ropes on you and bind you with them so that you cannot go among them. Moreover, the Spirit of God is saying to him, I will make your tongue stick to the roof of your mouth, so that you will be dumb and cannot be a man who rebukes them, for they are a rebellious house." But when I speak, when I speak to you, I will open your mouth and you will say to them, Thus says the Lord. And he who hears, let him hear. And he who refuses, let him refuse, for they are a rebellious house. Here was the Spirit of the Lord that says to Ezekiel, Ezekiel, there's people in this life that are rebellious people. And they don't want to hear the word of God. But the Bible tells us in Matthew, and all the Gospels, it tells us that we are to go and preach the Gospel to every creature. Isn't that right? The Bible commands us, as it wasn't an option in Matthew or the Gospels, it commands us that we as believers are to preach the Gospel to every creature. Well, every day that we live, we have neighbors, we have co-workers, we have people around us, that we are to be looking for ways and opportunities that we can present the gospel to them. If we live our lives in our workplace, never looking for an opportunity to share the gospel, and those people in our workplace die and go to hell, what will we say to the Lord? Oh, but Lord, I loved you. I sang your praises and worship in church. God wants us to be witnesses in this world. God will direct us and give us opportunity. The Bible, the New Testament tells us that at every opportunity, be ready, be ready, be ready to give a witness or testify of the hope that is within you. God makes ways for us and opportunities for us to share the gospel. One of our prayers should be, Lord... I need you to direct me. I need you to make a way for me to make this gospel known to my neighbors, my friends, my family, my co-workers. You don't have to go to a mission field somewhere. Your mission field is the world around you. Where you're shopping, where you're working, where you're living, where you're playing, where where whatever you're doing, there's people around you that may know the Lord, may not know the Lord. And as he was saying to Ezekiel, Ezekiel... If you warn them and they reject you, that's okay. Let them reject you. But you're innocent of their blood. And Ezekiel, if you see someone who is a believer going into sin, warn them. They need to stop that. If they stop it, fine. If they don't, you're free. The same thing, as believers, if we see another believer putting their hands to something that is sin, we need to tell them, you ought not do that. The Bible commands us to live righteously. Ask the Lord for forgiveness and come back into fellowship with the Lord. So God's Word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It has not changed. But what I'm saying here, too, is that the Holy Spirit wants us to live with a hunger and a thirst to look for opportunities to witness to people, to bring the love of, to, of God to people, but let, be led by the Holy Spirit. We see it here in Ezekiel. God is saying, no, shut your mouth. When I open it, you speak. Ezekiel would have wanted to go say something to them, but the Holy Spirit said, no, I know what I'm doing. I'm gonna make your, your tongue like, like stuck to your mouth so you can't open it. Because he wanted to. He wanted to. His, his humanness wanted to inside he wanted to was it a bad thing no but was it a wise thing in God's wisdom it was no this isn't the time Ezekiel and so he said but when it is time Ezekiel I'll open your mouth and the same thing here with Paul Paul wanted to go to Asia was it a bad thing no but in God's wisdom it was this isn't the right time the right place how many of you heard the expression, you could be in the right place at the right time or the wrong place at the wrong time, right? And so we need direction. This is why we need the Holy Spirit to guide us and lead us in every aspect of our life. And so here we see that back in Acts chapter 16, we see that, that they, they, Paul uh, says, okay. And, but the Holy Spirit told them not to go there, but the Holy Spirit, listen, didn't tell them at this point where to go. He just said, you can't go there. And so they were still waiting for direction from the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit says, you can't go here, well, then you say, well, all right, God, all right, well, okay, Holy Spirit, where do, where do I go? Because I got this fire in me. I want to spread the gospel. Where do I go? So verse 6, so passing by Mycenae, they came down to Troas. They're still waiting for clear direction from the Holy Spirit. And then there it says in verse 9, A vision appeared to Paul in the night, and a man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. So the Holy Spirit, God through the Holy Spirit, gives him a vision of a man from Macedonia saying, Come and help us. Come and preach to us. So God makes it known to Paul, Paul, here's where you need to go right now. And so God gives them direction through the Holy Spirit. He stopped them from going to Asia. He put them on hold. They were waiting for the Lord. They weren't rebellious against the, the Holy Spirit. They said, okay, we can't go there. Well, well, let's keep going until the Lord shows us where to go. And so they then the Holy Spirit shows them to go over to Macedonia. And it says here, you know, because uh, he, Macedonia, here was a people that were hungry. See, God knows when a when a people or a nation or a town is ripe for hearing the gospel. You know, we think that, oh, we could just walk up to somebody and tell them the gospel, and they're going to weep and cry and say, oh, yes, Lord, come. When a person is ripe, ready to hear the gospel, God knows it before you do. And if we say, Lord, you lead me and guide me to someone who's ready and ripe to hear the word. The Lord knew, Paul didn't know, but the Lord knew that Macedonia was ripe, ready to hear the gospel. As ripe and ready as they would ever be. And so God said, here's where you need to go, Paul, Timothy. Go to Macedonia and preach the gospel. And so they went there. And see in verse number 10, it says, after he had seen the vision, immediately... Immediately, Paul is sensitive to the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit spoke to him, he didn't say, well, I've got to make sure this is the Holy Spirit speaking to me. Paul had such a relationship with God and sensitivity to the Holy Spirit that he knew that this was the Holy Spirit speaking to him to go to Macedonia because he knew this was not some bad pizza he ate. He knew this, this wasn't some, 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 you know, whatever. He knew that this vision was from God. Yeah, you eat some funny stuff, and you might have funny dreams, and don't say it's from God. But if you're in relationship with the Lord, you get to know when God is speaking to you, when God is getting your attention. You'll know. You just know. And God will make it real to you in the Spirit. So when Paul saw that, he knew immediately. He didn't wait. He didn't hesitate. Immediately, he responded to the Holy Spirit. And that's what we need to do in our lives. Whatever service we're in, if you're reading the word uh, in the Holy Spirit, you know it's the Holy Spirit, respond immediately. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Respond immediately because it's in that moment that, 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 that things change. Your life changes and the world around you changes because of an immediate response to the leading of the Holy Spirit. So immediately they saw to Macedonia, concluding or knowing that the Lord had called us to preach The gospel to them turn with me now to acts chapter number 19 a little bit later down the road but we see here we saw there in acts chapter 16 how the leading the holy spirit guides us and leads us he wants to direct our path the bible tells us and declares to us that the lord is our shepherd which means he leads us and guides us amen and so we need to look to his guidance in Acts chapter 19, verse number 1, later on down the road, and it came, to, came about that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper country, came to Ephesus and found some disciples. And he said to them, did you receive, he said to disciples, he found some disciples. What does a disciple mean? A follower of Christ. Someone who has decided to follow the teachings of Jesus. They made a decision in their personal lives to say, Lord Jesus, I accept you as Savior and Lord. I accept that you went to Calvary's cross for my sins. I declare that you are my Savior and Lord. Now teach me, lead me, guide me. I want you to teach me so that I can understand your ways and that I can walk in your ways. So a disciple is a learner, one who is in the process of learning the things of God, the teachings of God, the ways of God, learning with a desire, learning with a want to. I want to follow you, Lord. I have decided to follow Jesus. I want you. So he found disciples, those who believed in Jesus and were willing and wanting to follow him. And so Paul asked him a question. He didn't, he didn't question whether they were saved. He didn't question whether they were disciples. He didn't question their hearts, that, that were your hearts wanting to follow Jesus. That wasn't the question. Paul knew they were disciples, knew they were followers of Jesus, knew they wanted the word of God. Paul's question to them, because Paul knew. Paul has a relationship with God. Paul is filled with and led by the Holy Spirit. Paul knows the importance of being filled with the Holy Spirit as a believer. So Paul's question to them was not, how much do you know? When did you receive Christ? Are your heart right? Paul's question to them was, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul's question to them is a question to us. Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed in Jesus? It's not a bad question. It's not a question to make you feel condemned or guilty. It's a question that that wants to be, bring blessing and enrichment and enhancement to your life. Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Why? Why did Paul ask that question? If it wasn't important, Paul wouldn't have cared. He would have just said, oh great, guys, you're a bunch of great believers here, wonderfully walking with the Lord. And Paul said, that's great, but have you received? Did you receive the Holy Spirit since you believed? And they said, no, we haven't even heard of the Holy Spirit. There are some churches that don't preach about the Holy Spirit. Never heard. They can answer today, no, we never heard of the Holy Spirit. But We don't believe the Holy Spirit is for today. But the Word of God declares, plain as day, from Genesis to Revelation, the Holy Spirit always was, is, and always will be, and always was needed and is needed, and by the believer for life in Christ, life in God. And so Paul says, and they said no, and he says, into what then were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling people to believe in him who was coming after him, that is in Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking with tongues and prophesying. Paul says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit filled them, What happened? Something inside, something internal, spiritually from heaven, something happened. Why? Because the Holy Spirit came into their lives and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. Paul, but that wasn't the end of it. Getting filled with the Holy Spirit is not just speaking in tongues and prophesying. That's not the end of it. That's just the very beginning. That's just touching the, the, the beginning of, that's an open door. But the Holy Spirit comes in to empower you to live for God, to listen to the voice of God. The Holy Spirit has so many wonderful purposes of being in our life. Not just to speak in tongues. Not just to prophesy. Those things are good. But to be led by the Holy Spirit. Empowered to live for God by the Holy Spirit. To hear the voice of God for decisions and direction in your life. You need the Holy Spirit. This is God's word, not mine. This is the word of God spoken to us. Hallelujah. Go to verse Acts chapter twenty. Well, wait, wait. I want you to see this. Acts chapter nineteen, verse twenty-one. God is now. You see, Paul. Paul had a heart of love for people. Paul started so many churches. And Paul was not just, he wasn't about himself. How many times have you heard me say as we've been going through the Spirit of God? When the Spirit of God fills you, God has given us a new heart and a new spirit. And when the Holy Spirit fills us, it gives us the heart of God which has compassion for people. It's not about our ministry, it's about the ministry of God in us and through us. That we have compassion for people to see them grow in the Lord, in their relationship with the Lord and with one another. Because you can't love the Lord and not love your neighbor. It's impossible. Because when you love the Lord and are filled with the Spirit, the heart of God comes in you and flows through you. That you have a compassion for the people. Paul loved the people. Not only did he want to see them saved and hearing the Word of God, Paul wanted them to see them grow in the Lord and walk with the Lord. This is what Paul's joy was. Not only that they were saved, but that they were growing, becoming disciples, being nurtured in the Lord, growing in the Lord. This is why Paul made many journeys back to the churches that he started to see what was going on, to see how he he can help them grow in the Lord. Paul desires that. But Paul was a man who was sensitive to the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit was speaking to Paul. And Paul knew. Paul started to hear in his spirit where the the Holy Spirit was, was taking him and leading him. In chapter 19, verse 21, when these things were accomplished, Paul purposed in the Spirit, when he had passed through Macedonia and Italy, to go to Jerusalem, saying, after I've been there, I must see Rome. You see, he says he purposed in his Spirit. God, in his Holy Spirit, was speaking to Paul. And Paul was not making everything known, what God was saying to him. God, But Paul was making a lot of things known. And so in verse Acts chapter 20, as we go Acts chapter 20 now, verse number 17, I want you to, because this is important here. Acts chapter 20, verse number 17. <clears throat> From Letus he sent to Ephesus and called for the elders, Of the church. Paul was church-minded. Paul knew that there was divine order established by God in the church. Wherever Paul went, he didn't just take authority over the church and say, I'm Paul, listen to me. Paul always submitted himself to the elders of the church. Paul was the one who installed elders in the church. He was the one that helped them understand that churches needed some divine order structure. And Paul appointed elders, and when he went back to the churches, he submitted himself to the elders of the church, to the pastor of the church, even though he was the one that founded and started them, most of them. Yet he submitted himself through the Holy Spirit because it's divine order. And so he called for the elders of the church. And when they had come to him, he said to them, You know from the first day that I came to Asia in what manner I always lived among you, serving the Lord with all humility, with many tears and trials. Oh, when we come to the Lord, do we think it's going to be all laughter and joy and whatever? Well, there's the joy of the Lord is my strength. But as we serve God, as we walk through life day by day, there's circumstances, there's trials, there's there's things that will test you, test your faith, test your walk with the Lord. And that is why we need the Holy Spirit and the Word of God continually. But Paul had many tears and many trials. But did that turn him away from the Lord? Uh Uh-uh. It only turned him closer to the Lord. And he said, which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews. Everywhere Paul went, there was resistance. There were people who rejected him, mocked him, spit him, stoned him, put him out for dead, all that stuff. Paul could have just said, ah, later for this stuff. Who needs this? But he didn't say that, did he? Because why? Because Christ, God, was real in his life. He knew that God lived. Christ was his Savior. He was filled with the Holy Spirit and he had a mission. And he knew that this life passes away quickly like a vapor and what remains will be eternal life either with God or without God and so he says I kept back verse 20 nothing that was helpful and proclaimed it to you taught you publicly from house to house Paul's desire was to teach to build them up to grow them in their most holy faith And he says, testifying, verse 21, to the Jews and to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And see, and see, listen to these verses, and see, now I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations are Await me. The Holy Spirit made it known to Paul inwardly that he was to go to Jerusalem. And he didn't understand fully what the purpose and reason was. But it says in every city that he went to, in every church, there was a prophecy that confirmed what the Holy Spirit said to him that there were chains and, and, and sorrows awaiting him. But I want you to understand, the Holy Spirit spoke this to Paul first. The Holy Spirit put it in Paul's heart that you're on a mission for God. You're preaching the gospel. You're going to go to Jerusalem and something is awaiting you there that is not not going to be a suite, a penthouse. But Paul said he knew, he knew in his heart that this was going to be his final journey. The end of his days. And he says he knew, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying the chains and tribulations await me. How many of you would look forward to going? If the Holy Spirit says, I want you to go preach here, but chains and tribulation are going to be waiting for you there. How many of you would buy a ticket today to get on that bus? Come on, be honest. Oh, Lord, if I go preach the gospel, man, everything's got to be smooth. Highway, everything, everybody bowing down before me, you know, carrying my bags for me. That's the way some people think today. But they're going on their own. They're going puffed up in their own ministry, their own name. But sometimes when the Holy Spirit calls you to do something, it's going to be in the face of tribulation and chains and trials. How many of you know there's missionaries throughout this world, sent by God, called by God, but are, that have been killed, tortured, murdered. Some people say they missed the will of God. The people that say that have missed the will of God, missed the understanding of God, because God calls people to go preach the gospel. Not everyone He calls to go preach winds up tortured, killed, or murdered, but many have. Look at all the look at all the apostles. Every one of them, how did their life end? In penthouses, with mansions on a hill, planting gardens and overlooking the lake? How did their lives end? But not one of them at the end of their days said, I'm sorry that I walked this road. Though they were crucified, though they were though they were put to death, yet they said There is a God in heaven, and Him I will proclaim with my dying breath. We've got to get the understanding that preaching the gospel, not everyone is going to love you, not everyone is going to like you, not everyone is going to want to be your friend. But we've got to preach the gospel in love, and whatever we face, we face if we're led by the Holy Spirit. So Paul knew that he was going to face chains and tribulation. And he knew in his spirit that the Holy Spirit was calling him to go there. And so I want you to understand this. And so he says in verse 24, But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy in the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus, to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Paul doesn't want to die. He doesn't want to be tortured. He doesn't want to be in chains. He's as human as you and I. How many of you look forward to those things? We don't, and we shouldn't. But Paul understands that his life is to be lived for the gospel of Christ, and whatever he finds himself faced with, that he will will do it. But he said these things. You see, you understand. Listen, look at the situation. Paul calls the elders of the church together. Why does he call the elders of the church together? He didn't have to say anything because God spoke to his heart already. It already has been confirmed by prophecies in every city, but he calls the elders of the church together because Paul was beloved. Paul started many of the churches. He grew them. He taught them. He loved them. He was like a father to them. You understand what he's doing? So he goes and he he knows in his spirit that what he's going into, he may not come back out of. And so he calls the church together. He calls the elders together. And he says, I've got to go. The spirit is calling me. But I'm going. And he tells them where chains and tribulations await me. He's warning the church. He loves the church enough to let them know that my I'm being led by the Spirit. And if I should go and not come back, don't let your faith fail. Don't say, oh, look what happened to Paul. If, if this happened to Paul, what will happen to us? Paul let them know that I'm serving God, I'm doing the will of God, I'm being called by the Holy Spirit to go, and I may not come back. And if I don't come back, know that I love you, know that I encourage you to continue in your faith, continue serving God, continue walking with one another, continue growing and encouraging one another. So Paul did it because he loved the church, and he wanted their faith not to be shaken should he die, should he not come back god's heart cares for the church and prophecy comes to edify to build up and so even though he had the prophecy you know of not going yet he 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 did it for the church acts chapter 20 verse number 25 and He says, "Is indeed, behold, I know that ye all, among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God, shall see my face no more." It's bittersweet. You know, Paul many times he said in Corinthians, he says, "You know that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord." Elsewhere, Paul also said, "What should I choose to be with God, which is greater, or to be with you?" To be with God is wonderful, but you need me. And Paul said, I'd I'd rather stay and suffer that, that we can be together and I can help grow you. Paul loved them. They loved Paul. There was a love, there was a bond between Paul and the disciples. And now Paul has to say to them, think of how they felt. You shall see my face no more. Think of how the church felt hearing that from Paul. Do you think their hearts hurt? Do you think their hearts ached? And in verse number 26, Therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men. For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel. All the counsel or the whole counsel of God. Paul didn't go around preaching what they wanted to hear. He didn't go around tickling their ears with, with things that made them feel good. But Paul wanted them to, 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 be, to be strong in the Spirit. So he gave them all, the whole counsel of God. And that is why here at Bloomsburg Community Church, we go through the whole Word of God, the whole counsel of God, because we need it all. We can't just focus on one area of the Word. We need to understand all the Word. And how does that come? It doesn't come in one sermon. It doesn't come in one week, in one month. It comes line upon line, precept upon precept. That's why we meet week after week, so that we can get, partake, the whole counsel of God and grow with each other, encouraging each other. And he says, verse 28, Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Who has made you overseers? The Holy Spirit is at work continually in the church, in believers, guiding, leading, empowering. Who is it that that made overseers? The Holy Spirit has made has made the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Who can say the Holy Spirit is not working in the church? Who can say the Holy the church doesn't need the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit. Has made overseers, to feed the church of God. Why? Why is the Holy Spirit involved? Because he gets into the lives of men and he gives them the heart and compassion of God to feed the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. Christ died for you with his own blood. He gave himself for you. Do you know the cost and the price he paid for you? The Holy Spirit is not thinking little of that. And so the Holy Spirit fills an individual's life, their ever conscience of the price that Christ paid for every individual sitting here today. And God wants everyone fed spiritually so that we can grow, so that we can encourage one another. And so what the Holy Spirit's purpose ensures that, that if He's at work in someone's life, He will guarantee that you have compassion and love for one another and that you properly feed the whole counsel of God to the congregation. Take someone without the Holy Spirit, they'll feed you whatever is their agenda. Whatever their latest book is, they'll feed you. But we need to be fed the whole counsel of God with the compassion of God, with the heart of God. And so the Holy Spirit oversees the whole thing because we've been purchased with the blood of Christ. And in Acts chapter 21, verse 4, In finding disciples, we stayed there seven days, and they told Paul through the Spirit not to go up to Jerusalem. They loved Paul. They knew what Paul just said to them. Paul said to them, The Holy Spirit is leading me to Jerusalem, where chains and tribulations await, and you'll see my face no more. The disciples didn't like that. They didn't want to hear that. And so they're trying to get Paul to stay. No, Paul, don't go, don't go, don't go. And in verse chapter twenty one, go to Acts chapter twenty one, verse number eleven. There is a man who had four daughters. And they stayed. And a certain prophet Agabus came down to Judea. Agabus we read about before. Remember, he prophesied about the coming famine. And when he had come to us, he took Paul's belt, bound his own hands and feet, and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. He's only confirming, Agabus, the prophet of God, is only confirming what God, the Spirit of God, had already told Paul inwardly. This isn't news to to Paul. This isn't the first time Paul heard that he's going to be bound and chained. Paul knew it inwardly. Remember, how many of you heard me say, when God speaks to you as an individual and you hear from God personally, God will confirm what he spoke to you through men of God. He doesn't do it the other way around. God never sends someone to can tell you what to do without him first confirming it to you. And so we can't be misled by someone who calls himself a prophet saying, God told me you're going to here, or you're going there, or you're going to be this. When God speaks to you first by the Holy Spirit, he will then confirm it by others who are in the body of Christ. Agabus was a man known to Paul known to the church he wasn't some free free loan ranging prophet riding into town one day saying whoa Paul here we go I got a prophecy for you no he was a man who was known as a man of God by the church and by Paul and he spoke through the Holy Spirit confirming to what God had already spoken to Paul and he confirmed this but the church and the disciples didn't want him to go and it says, Now when they heard these things, verse 12, both we and those from that place pleaded with him not to go up to Jerusalem. The Holy Spirit is telling Paul he had to go. The prophet is confirming it. And yet the believers, they didn't want to see him go. They didn't, they didn't want to see him go. be put in chains and, and maybe put to death. So they're pleading with him, Paul, don't go. We love you. We need you, Paul. Was that wrong? No. They loved him. They didn't want to see him go. But deep inside, they knew the Holy Spirit was calling him to go. But their flesh, their heart didn't want him to go. Paul, don't go. Please stay with us. Stay with us. We'll protect you. We'll watch over you. And then Paul said to them in verse 13, Why, what do you mean by weeping and breaking my heart? For I am not ready only to be bound, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord. The persuasion of men, of people that love you, can can try and override what God is calling you to do. Paul was in a hard place here. The people's heart loved him, wanted him to stay. Please don't go, Paul. Please don't go. And yet the Spirit of God is telling him to go. And he knew, I might never see you again. I love each one of you. I may never see you again. And they're saying, please don't go, Paul. We need you. Please don't go. And Paul is saying, but the Spirit is telling me I've got to go. Although chains await me, I've got to go. Please don't make it harder for me as it is, Paul is saying. Don't break my heart by weeping for me. And I'm not saying Paul was hard or anything. He he was, because it was getting to him. And he says, you know, why? why? What do you mean by weeping and breaking my heart? Paul's heart. You think Paul was a robot? Paul loved them. And to hear them pleading, don't go, Paul, please don't go. He said, you're breaking my heart because I love you I want to stay, but I got to go. The Holy Spirit is calling me to go. And so he says here in verse number 14, so when he could not be persuaded, we ceased saying, we ceased saying the will of the Lord be done. They finally said, okay, Paul, not our will be done. But let the Lord's will be done. See, they loved him. But they knew eventually, deep down, they knew the Lord's will had to override their will. How many of you know the Lord's will needs to override our will? Their will wasn't bad, was it? It wasn't, it wasn't bad that they wanted Paul to stay and not be put in chains. That wasn't a bad thing. But the greater thing was that Paul... Fulfill the will of God for his life. And so they had to release him to the will of God, to the call of God in their life. And so he went. And it, 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 let's go to, I just want to end with this verse. Acts chapter 28, verse 25. verse 25 it says the holy spirit spoke rightly through isaiah the prophet to our father saying go to this people and say hearing you will hear and shall not understand and seeing you will see and not perceive for the hearts of this people have grown dull their ears are hard of hearing and their eyes they have closed least they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears least they should understand with their heart and turn so that i should heal them Therefore, let it be known to you that the salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles, and they will hear it. And when he said these words, the Jews departed in a great dispute among themselves. Then Paul dwelt two whole years in his own rented house and received all who came to him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching the things which which concerned the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, none forbidding him. Paul did go to Jerusalem. He was bound in chains, and his days would end. But even to his last days, Paul was preaching the gospel, teaching whoever would come to him. Paul went to his last breath, preaching and teaching the gospel. And so, wherever it is, the thing is, Paul was always looking to the Holy Spirit, to follow the call of the Holy Spirit in his life. But he was sensitive to the church. He submitted himself to the elders. He heard the prophecies of the church that confirmed what God had said to him. And he was obedient to the call of God, not to the call of man, to the call of God. And so what I'm saying is the Holy Spirit plays such a wonderful role in our lives. He leads us and guides us that we can do the will of God, our Father, in the life. And we need him in the church. We need him in our lives. And so Paul was led by the Holy Spirit to a place where he was found himself in chains. But yet, God, even though he was chained, even though he was a prisoner in his house, God made a way for him to preach and teach the gospel. So God makes a way for the gospel to be preached. Amen? And we don't know how many people were saved through Paul's last days but I'm sure there were many and so God's word as we walk with God be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and look to him for guidance and for direction and for strength amen amen stand with me this morning as we close in prayer